I am unashamed. What about you? Well, it's good to be back. I appreciate y'all letting me have a few days off. You had a little recoup time from the uh, post ordeal of duck season. We had duck season, and we've been traveling the roads, but we needed some some downtime. You know, duck season is a beast when you do it every day. And so I was in that week after duck season, and so I hung out with Missy. Well, the day I left, I, I had some Jesus moments that I was going to share. You know, the day I left to go out there, Willie asked me to come to a meeting, and I didn't know what it was about. I was like, I thought it was some kind of business venture, and he was like, it's about sharing Jesus to the world. I was like, know what time? I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) So I went over, and he had uh, some guys there. I mean, some of the great minds in, in the brotherhood, and they were basically just talking about how to how to reach young people mm-hmm. in, in a practical way of sharing Jesus. But what I thought was interesting is one of the guys that was part of their team, and these were all, I guess they were about my age or older, and uh, was a guy who he said he was an investment owner. At one time in his life was top 1% of all investment companies in the world. So So we're talking, this guy knows what he's doing. So I was thinking of all the people, I mean, what is he doing here? He must be the money man. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) But they were all kind of sharing their story and their background. And he said, you know, about five years ago, he had made literally, you know, millions of dollars. And he said it was a, it was a, golden egg that he found hollow even though he had been successful worldly standards just wasn't doing it he said why am i miserable and so he had an encounter with jesus in, in a he's like look i went to church but i was all about making money <laughs> and so uh he shared that and, and has wrote a book since I think the there's a tagline on the book because he sent me a picture of it because it got my attention because I'm in the stock market I've given my you know opinions and he's he's he the tagline in the book was from success to significance and so now when I asked him you know what he does now because I started it, it just really was uh, interesting because I know the verses that says. You know, it's it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to make it to heaven. So I, I like I wanted to get in in this guy's mind, and so it was so funny because he's like, "Look, I still that's what I do. I make investments." He said, "I just started a new investment company," and he said, "It's kind of he used Chick Fil A as a reference. He said it's kind of the Chick Fil A of investment groups in that I don't compromise what I really and truly believe based on what I do." for a living he said so now when i talk about finances and people's money and investments he's like i try to use all that to get in a conversation about jesus hmm. i just thought it was incredible i said well there's no difference in what you do than what i do we just kind of went backward i said i encountered jesus shared jesus made some money on a goofy tv show and then started <laughs> investing you were in investing made a bunch of money had an encounter with jesus and now we both use those resources, you know, to further the cause. Uh, 
I like that phrase, the hollow golden egg. That's a that's pretty interesting. Uh, to me, it's a powerful testimony. And look, do we need not need guys like that in his world no doubt. who are sharing Jesus on a daily basis? Yeah. So I was inspired by it. So a couple of days went by, and I thought, this is my guy. This is my guy that I share what I'm doing, every detail, and say, okay, am I wrong here? Am I crazy? <laughs> And so it took me like two hours to craft my email. Everything I've learned about the stock market, how I approach things, uh, you know, my analogy about my poker playing skills applied. <laughs> I just laid it all out there because I made it clear. Look, the what we have in common is that we have Jesus at the top of the priority list. That's the only reason I'm sharing this with you. But now that we understand that, am I crazy here? I mean, I wanted him to say, you need to sell everything right now and stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> but he actually responded immediately, which was incredible. But the thing he said was, he said, here's why you've been successful. He said, he gave two reasons. He said, number one, since your priorities are right, the money means nothing. Therefore, you're not fearful or greedy. I was like, you're right. I'm not making bad decisions based on the lack uh, of money because I know money doesn't bring happiness. It's just a game. I, I like the game. He said, and number two, he said, you've made the complex simple, which is what we do because it is complex when you look at the stock market. I mean, even the conversations we had. He said, but you made it simple. If you can have a simple formula and you can keep fear and greed out of it, you can be successful. So according to this guy, you're not crazy. I'm not crazy. And he had, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I was feeling really good about that. The, the second encounter I had, once I get over it, Jelt lines up a golf game. Of course, I didn't bring my clubs because I looked at the weather, and for some reason it pulled up a week ahead, and I was seeing eight degrees. <laughs> you were saying and this I, week. I was seeing this week. Which we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. I mean, global warming, is, I think right now it's, it's 38 below in Montana. <coughs> yeah. Global warming. <laughs> and so, it's going to be single digits here, yeah. which is for the first time since when? Since I was in high school, so That's, 40 well, years ago. Yeah. They said it was cold in 1951. <laughs> It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I go and I don't have my clubs. I don't have my shoes. Look, I don't have the only pants I had there because I thought I had some clothes there since I lived there. <laughs> All I had was camo pants, which I thought that's fine because they look, I mean, these things cost $150. Yeah. So that'll be fine. And uh, I did have a collared shirt. And so Jeff's like, oh, that's fine. We'll, we'll get you. I, we pull up there. Jeff had some clubs that he let me use. The guy we were playing with said, I'll buy you some shoes. I mean, it's the least I can do. You can't, cause I was going to play on what I have. And he's like, no, I'll buy you some shoes. Let me, let me do that for you. I was like, oh, great. Here's my size. <laughs> and so I walk about 30 yards and then I see the crowd gathers, there's whispering. And so the guy we're playing with, who's a member at this place, he comes over and he says, you can't wear those pants. I was like, well, the alternative is playing my underwear. 
And that's not good for anybody. <laughs> Although just, if you had Tommy John's, you I could know. not believe that I showed up at a golf course. I've heard of no denim, but no camo. I you mean, see, you go to play, yeah, and and you've inter- intermingling with people of like mindedness, and the first thing they tell you well, is my we'll brother. buy you some shoes and a pair of pants. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm. That's beyond. I don't live in that world. Let's face it, Jay. Some people just don't belong. <laughs> I thought it was funny. So, so he bought you a pair of pants. No, huh? you know what he did? He gave me his uh, rain pants. He said, I got an idea. And I put his rain pants over your camo. Over my camo. And then they're like, you're good now. <laughs> and then I thought, there's something, so there's a people... spiritual application here that's not right. Trying to hit a little ball into a hole about like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would someone care? The configuration of the pants you had on, the yeah. color. Look, you think that's something, Phil? <laughs> We're on hole two, and a guy drives by and says, hey, sir. I said, hey, because I was looking down to see if, make sure my camo wasn't showing. And yeah. he said, you need to tuck your shirt in, which it was tucked in, but it's like one piece in the back. And they wonder why I've never played around the <laughs> yeah. golf. It's one of those. Man, Jay's, I mean, I've seen some pretty strict. Yeah. Well, this is what was bad. That's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It was like when Willie was playing Augusta with, was it Ozzy Smith maybe? or Something crazy. But anyway, he, he's out there. Of course, he's got his bandana on because, you know, he's trying mm-hmm. to play up his, his look, you know. Not allowed. So somebody comes out. on. He said he was on number two, and somebody drives out there, and they're like, Sir, and they gave him the hat, you know, and he was like, oh, I appreciate that. And they were like, uh, there's no bandanas at Augusta National. <laughs> <laughs> How embarrassing is that? So Willie's thinking like, oh, they brought me a hat. But it's like, oh, sir, put, you, you need to get that bandana. All right, so I've look. never played around the golf, and now I'm, I'm, I'm full of pride. You know what, Dad? So I, Dad, I don't think you're country club material. So I'm fixing to help you with this, Phil. So I'm riding with a guy that I'd only met once. And and he was the member, and something the cart girl pulled up, and and I've I've said many times. What is that? Uh, well, there's a cart girl cart that, girl. that brings there? adult beverages for because you well, got to remember all beverages, but she, she does. does so there's not a there's not a cart boy. No, they're always a girl. They're you know, all, I don't think I've ever seen. They're a always cart a girl, boy. and they're always pretty. Yeah, well, almost always. I don't know if I've noticed that, but. Here's here's what well you got to remember Phil most no I don't know about most a lot of people they're not going out there to play golf they're going out there to get drunk and golf is kind of the backdrop I mean they're making probably way more money in now that. we're getting down yeah. to the to the gist of what I've been thinking so even all though years. I believe I have the you know freedom to drink you know Jesus turned water wine had a reputation of being a glutton and drunkard you know take a little wine for your stomach illness i don't drink in those settings usually because i don't know i didn't know everybody in our group and you know i don't know if somebody's had a problem with that so i'm like if they need a buddy or whatever i just i don't do i drink water and tea and move on and i'm fine with that so so when he said i'll let me get you a drink Cause these guys were trying to show us a good time. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, you know. He's bought you shoes. You got. He bought me some shoes and then offered to buy me a drink. I was like, you know, you have I just his pants on. Yeah. <laughs> All you need now is a liquor and the cart, yep. cart girl. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and the cart girl was like dropping f bombs, which was kind of embarrassing. But uh, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> and, 
And so I made a little comment about Jesus because I thought, you know, when I'm around in these settings, I just I want I I want to have these moments where, in a non-threatening way, I let people know where I stand. You're a Jesus guy, and that's why I said the first Jesus moment was this little deal, the stock thing. This was more about this idea of drinking. Because look 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 where the conversation led. So we didn't you know we didn't get it. We got waters or whatever. And so he said, you know, I've a he said, I got three kids. And he said, my kids, and he told me the ages. They were like 22, 20, and 17, which is about what my kids are. Yep. And he said, they've never drank. And I was like, really? And I'm I'm not sure if he's a believer or what, you know. I mean, I'm just getting to know this guy. And I said, well, how do you know? He said, oh, I know. He said, well, I made a deal with him. He's, and this guy had plenty of money. Obviously, he's buying me you know, $200 shoes. <laughs> Going out there. He said, I made a deal. I wanted to get y'all's opinion on this. He said, I told them if they would wait till they were 30 before they drank, I would give them $100,000. I said, really? He said, yep. And he said, it's become a conversation piece because it, it allowed their friends to let them off the hook of peer pressure because right. they're like, because look, here was the other thing. He said, I'll give you $100,000. Well, his dad, which is their grandpa, said, I'll match it. So then it's 200000 200K. That's pretty good motivation. It is. He said, and so my two girls are never worried about it. He said, but my son, I thought, hmm. You know, because one of your kids usually, if yeah. you have at least three. But he said, he, you know, they come home, he talks about the situation, and he's excited about waiting. And I was like, well, why did you do that? What what brought this on? Because I I thought he might say, well, you know, I came to the Lord. He's like, well, I look back on my life, and pretty much every really, really bad decision I made, alcohol was involved <laughs> up until I was 30. And I, I really thought this was a good idea. Mm -hmm. I thought, I wish. Now, I couldn't have told my kids that because I would have thought having $100,000 <laughs> – well, what, you, I would have said probably you said a, a, a thousand, a thousand? <laughs> <laughs> which probably wouldn't have been motivation enough. Let's take a break. So if you're having to uh, get a loan, one of the things that will make you happy is getting your best possible credit score. The average American has 97 points that they can add to their credit score, but they have no idea how to be able to do it. So one of our sponsors is a company called Scoremaster. And basically, they know how. They're, they're not credit repair. It's just credit science. So they help you build up your points. In fact, they average 61 points in 20 days uh, for most people that use them. And Lisa and I have used it before as well. So ScoreMaster is great for mortgage brokers, you know, helping you get a better deal. Uh, whatever it is that you need to be able to bump that score up uh, if you have a house loan or, you know, boat or side-by-side -side or whatever you're getting. So check them out. It takes just a few minutes to enroll. See how many points you can add to your credit score and how fast. You visit scoremaster.com slash fill. That's scoremaster.com slash fill to bump up some of those points and uh, save you some money on your loan. So, but it made me think, one, do y'all think that's a good idea? You know. Inside of Jesus, outside of Jesus. Is that a good idea? Well, it sounds like it probably worked. Having been a drinker and a drunk myself in my early years, 
I would have used that as I did with y'all as a motivation. Don't do that. Yeah. Nothing good came out of that. All bad. Right. So around here, no, no, no drunkenness. But what about, what? what's weird is I made a decision not to drink until I was 30. And I didn't, nobody told me that. Nobody offered me, a, you know, any money. It would show them that, and probably because of that, once the money changed hands, when the day came where, okay, you're now 30 years old, your 30th birthday, here's the 100 grand, and here's the 100 grand that Papa backed up, invest it well and all that. I would think that wouldn't make you go out and get drunk. No, because by now, but but even if you did drink, he's right. You know, when you're older, you, there's a lot more responsibility used yeah. in moderation. He's right in the sense that most people from teenage to 20s, Without well, why do you really do it? It's not like it's the greatest. It's an acquired taste, let's face it. Yep. I mean, when I was 30, I remember taking my first sip, and I thought, well, this is terrible. <laughs> and that was my first thought. I thought, why, why would you do this on purpose? This is awful. Because I thought, this is just Dr. Tishner's that's cool. They made yep. Dr. Tishner's chilled. That's what it felt like mm. to me because I just didn't know. But I did it because of your past and all, even pre-Jesus. And then as I learned and studied – I was like, probably, probably best to do. So, but it made me think of something funny. It's like now here, here we are. Are we all over fifty? Dang, we're getting old. Me and you are. It, Willie gets it, hits it this year. Because I heard this guy talking about, you know, now the commercials, a lot of these late night commercials, they're speaking to people like us. Like used to, I didn't know what the the phrase low T. I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. But now when you get over fifty. Or even 40, I think they are. Are you over 40 and are experiencing, you know, fatigue and, you know, and you just don't have energy? Well, you start checking your list. But I'm saying when What I, are they saying? Go get drunk? You'll get it all? No, no, no. no, no. they're saying they, they can boost your testosterone. Low T, testosterone. I, was, I just thought about this because I thought, well, if you're looking at it through that same vein, think how many bad decisions you make because of high testosterone <laughs> yeah. the same thing applies yep. and now when you get over 40 or 50 and you calm down because i guess that's the way god did it yep. now they're saying here you go <laughs> ramp it back that, up that's why when you know when the viagra came out everybody was like yeah until old guys started dying <laughs> by the hundreds <laughs> <laughs> they didn't realize it was time to move on from So there. I think you gotta know when to say when was my point. And uh I'm rambly, but the third little Jesus moment I had was that night after I played golf and I'm there seeing my wife. So I come home because she told me be go play golf. That that's why I went. I didn't have any of that stuff, but she said go play because I have a, a neighborhood women's Bible study. I was like Okay, really, and so, and she did, and and I came home when she was outside, and there's these seven women, and they're studying the Bible. I mean, just I guess in the coronavirus, and with everything going on, and and these are not not all of these people are Jesus believing people. She just basically has while she's been there because she's there more than me, sought out women, and just invited them to her house and they they go through the bible and you know people right. are attracted it, 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 it was i thought you know here i am in yuppieville 
and just seeing that picture driving in, seeing my wife do that, I was like, number one, I thought, I love this woman. Mm-hmm. And and I like what she's doing here despite all the opposition for her to try to share Jesus in this setting, in this time, in our culture. It just was awesome to me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I had a funny story. They were outside, you know, and they had a fire going. Well, we had practiced that fire. We've lived there for a few months, but we never, you know, it doesn't get that cold in Austin. Right. And so she said, look, I got people coming over, and I had brought some wood from home in the back of my truck six hours. So I stacked all the wood, and she's like, get the fire going, and let's make sure this works because we haven't turned this on. I got to look at this thing as a fireplace. They had some kind of gas line hooked up to it. I thought, well, this is some kind of yuppie fireplace. <laughs> they they have a little tool. There was a tool laying in it. I was like, I guess this is how you turn the gas on. So I was figuring it all out. Well, the gas, the way you turn it on was on the other side of the fireplace. And so I thought, I can't turn this on and light it at the same time. You had to literally walk around or what the side of the fireplace. I mean, I was like, I can't, I can't reach. <laughs> so I hollered at Missy, and she's like, I thought you were going to handle it. And I was like, I can't turn the gas on and light it at the same time. So light, she had one of those uh, yeah. clicker lighters. I said, and I'll turn the gas on. That was the plan. I'm not kidding. She lit the thing, and I had the tool, put it down. When I turned that on, I heard, <laughs> and there was a four foot wall of flame look that blew her back and she looked at me like put me out and i thought what you i just blew up my wife because it, it was loud it was like christmas vacation when uncle lewis yeah. remember i'm not embellishing it terrified her and it terrified me well yeah i mean just... i thought there's no peach fuzz there's no eyelids there because it was just a wall of flames coming out, and I thought, what kind of yuppie designed this? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you had never lit it before. Is that why it was just? It was, I don't know. I mean, because she try? got it lit that night, but I said, here's what you do: take a piece of paper or something, yeah, l- set it on fire, stick it in there, then go around. Now I understand why you need a wall. <laughs> When you're turning the gas on, because he didn't know it was a flamethrower. I mean, Al, it, uh, it, it scared I me. I would simply say, after hearing it and just uh, bits and pieces coming worth worth listening to, I would just say <laughs> drunkenness or or uh, gas can become very volatile and dangerous. I really wasn't making Either one a of connection about that. <laughs> I was making taking all your stuff and condensing. I was it down making for you, it a connection that we're in the book of Acts. I know it took me a long time to get here, but what I was saying is, there's acts of God through you, and in this case, through my wife. I think that thing on the golf course. We get into a conversation. Those conversations are very rarely happening on a golf course, is what I was getting at, where Jesus comes up in that setting. Uh, in, the, in the stock world, that is the first time I've ever heard a successful, really mega wealthy person say, yeah, success is great, but significance in Jesus is way better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Basically, and, the Bible has plenty of warnings about alcohol and uh, it does. any any kind of uh, and wealth, yeah, and money and wealth. Any, uh, there's a lot of things you can get into, and it just right. it takes over, and you become a slave to it. Well, then you you got some problems. Well, it's like anything that's anything that's driving your bus that ain't Jesus is driving you in the wrong direction. I mean, that's, that's just that's well, my point is whether it's our culture. I mean, we're in Acts five. I mean, y'all went over Acts five when I, you know, was gone. But you see, they're they're going around helping people on a daily basis, and they're sharing Jesus. And and in Acts five, people take them as a threat, and and put them in public jail because of what they're doing. That that that's like my wife having this Bible study and somebody pulling up and arresting her. Yep. And putting her in jail mm-hmm. because you're trying to help these women and share Jesus. At the current trajectory of our country, you might run into the same thing. Oh, I, th- I think it's, it's over. I think it's definitely probably coming. Let's take another break. So we talk a lot about sleep for some reason on this podcast. <laughs> With all of our, we have so many sleep-related sponsors. We got mattresses. We got pillows. We got. I can't uh, sleep for more than three or four hours at a time. Really? Yep, I just, that's the way I live. I don't, a solid eight is what I need. Well, I get eight probably in a 30-hour span. But you just do it in segments. I do it in three or four-hour segments. <laughs> is that bad? I don't know. I don't Everybody know. Everybody's got their own sleep Everybody's code. got their own code. That's right. Yep. One of uh, one of our sponsors is uh, has been around for quite a while is, is a company called Bowl & Branch. And their deal is they make really, really good sheets. And they are. I mean, we were using Boulder Branch, Lisa and I were, before they ever became a sponsor. So uh, really good sleep, uh, help you sleep, cool. They feel great. They, they last. They're very strong. So if you want to experience the best sheets you've ever felt, go to Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L and Branch.com. You get 15% off your first set of sheets if you use the promo code Robertson when you check out. So that's B-O-L-L, that's B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code Robertson. So Jay's, yeah, so so we went, Dad and I went solo. Zach was supposed to, uh, <clears throat> he was supposed to zoom in, but he was having some internet trouble. We pretty much did a little expository deal on Acts 5, but I want to get your take on it because um, you, you, the last time you were with us, you said something about Gamal. You had some ideas. Yeah, I did a lesson one time, which is, if if this will be a good lesson, have you already preached? Are y'all past X five? Um, you need to throw this one out here. Here here's here's an outline. Well, this is yeah. We're actually to Act six. Now. I'd like to take credit for this, but it's actually I just I just read it. But I did find it significant because I don't believe in a lot of coincidences when it comes to the way the Word of God was composed. You know, Acts five. You have this scary story about people trying to impress people instead of God, and they lied to them, but he actually said, you lied to God. That's in Acts 5, Ananias and and Sapphira, when it says, you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Uh, Did it belong to you before it was sold and after it was sold? Wasn't at your disposal. So you had the freedom to do what you wanted to, but you instead tried to create an image and, and the bottom phrase is, you, they tried to impress people instead of impressing God. Right. Well, then you get to Acts 5, and they're out here doing good things, uh, 
I think the summation of it in chapter 5, they were healing people in verse 12 through and driving out evil spirit, you know, in Jesus. They were declaring the message of Jesus. And then you get to 5, let's see, 29. Peter and the other apostles replied, because they said, you know, remember, they put them in jail. Then you had this weird moment, I don't know if y'all talked about this, where the angel unlocks the door. Mm-hmm. They leave. Then the angel locks, closes the door. Oh, yeah, locked it So back. they show up. There's no people there. They've escaped. We have prison escape. Mm-hmm. Well, the next day, you're thinking they're going to be a million miles away. No, they're out there still sharing Jesus. Because that's what the angel told them to do. Nobody in the history of prison escapes would go to the public (laughs) square and do the very thing that you just got put in jail for. And so then they're like, but we can't do anything because we're fearful for the people. Well, then they say the opposite of what Ananias and Sapphira said, which is Peter in verse 29, we must obey God rather than men. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of lingo. You say, why? Because they were trying to impress God over impressing men. Now, to get back to what I brought up about the drinking thing, and when you're you know, 15 and 20 years old and you make these bad decisions, or even 14, think about why a 13-year-old boy at a party, why is he drinking? Why does he start drinking at 13 at a party with his friends? He's trying to fit in. He's trying to impress his friends. pressure, yeah. Yeah, you say, well, what's the answer? If he was more concerned about impressing God than people, he would probably make better decisions. Even though he has the freedom to do that, Mm -hmm. we know he doesn't have the maturity to probably stop because you reach a line where drunkenness is involved, then you're getting into these bad decisions that occur because of that, which God knows what he's doing. So then that's two. So you have impressing men rather than God, and you see the consequences of that. They lied and they died. Here, you have men who God is working with who's supernaturally breaking them out of prison and taking care of them because these men are trying to impress God more than men, and they're giving men the way to impress God. And this was the job they were told to do immediately after the resurrection of Jesus. Go make disciples. Right. They didn't know exactly how they were going to do that. You baptize them, and, and you wait right here. Then the Spirit comes, but they're only doing their job. Right. That's all they're doing. They're well, not, it's their they're purpose. not going beyond it. They, they're, they have a job to do. They've been told. Jesus told them, step yeah. by step, the kingdom comes, and they're all fired up, and they're speaking in tongues they never even heard of before. They thought, boy. We we own to something here. Well, Phil, well, I think we got off. the same job, and they won't. Well, we do, and they won't stop. Well, and look, and, and the reason why they're one of the reasons why they're so fearless is because one, they did see a raised Jesus. Oh, so now you're thinking, okay, you can't kill think us. Think about they've seen and heard a lot. What <laughs> what what ninety nine percent ninety nine point something percent of the human beings at that time. Did not hear nor see what they did. And then yeah. they get thrown into jail. And they're right. convinced and convicted at the same time, which is a good place to when be. When an angel shows up and says, hey, boys, uh, I'm going to open this up and you just go back out and do what you're doing. Yeah. Then you're like, we can't be killed and no. we can't be locked up. That's right. <laughs> I mean, no. Of course. This was fearless. the original pardon the interruption moment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's right. Wait a minute. <laughs> 
Here you go. That's right. So then they they go back out to public. You know, you have angels coming down the cell block. And you're looking up, and they just appear, and they're like, "Don't worry about this. Look, I'm gonna let you out. Don't worry about these people." And and, and you, they just kind of usher you out. Well, you think, you know what? We we we're, we're invincible. Right. Well, and now look, they've made the the governing authorities so mad now because now it's embarrassed they're embarrassed number one they couldn't keep them locked up and number two they they're doing the exact mm-hmm. opposite of what they told them to do so gamaliel speaks up because of this he sees what's going on and to me i don't know why this seems like kind of redneck philosophy i mean to me it just seems kind of like a middle eastern tombstone moment you know when he said now wait a minute we ain't saying you can't have guns we just saying you can't do it in town and it's kind of feels like that to me it's like just don't do this in public let them take off the last two times these movements came up these guys died that ended the movement and then he makes which would be the third point because you got don't try to impress men in front of god then you have the other side where people are out there trying to impress God, sharing Jesus. Then he comes up with this philosophy in 39. But if it is from God, well, well, the first part is in 38, the second part where it says, for if they, their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You only find yourselves fighting against God. I just think it's crazy that in these these moments, you have these three contrasts of men and God, which was mm-hmm. my three points of, of the sermon. Right. And here you have your plans. Are they from human origin or a godly or, origin? Do you believe that our, our purpose is from man's origin or God's origin? If you just answer those t- two questions, that'll help you. And then the third yeah. thing is, are you fighting God? Are you are you resisting mm-hmm. God? His movement. Or, or trying to, you know, who are you fighting? Who are you fighting against? Which, I mean, I thought about this in our culture, even applying it to something like the, the storm in the Capitol, you know, January 6th. Because here, we all, we spoke out about that, saying, well, that's not how we go about fighting. We we the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We're right. we're saying share Jesus, change the heart. Okay, but here we have a a, a revolt because I'm thinking if God really wants this to happen, you're not you're not going to stop it. At all, not at Even all. Even if you lock them up in jail, because I that that's nothing right. here. But then what what makes me see our challenge more is, you know, it's fine. We said we wouldn't do that. And and now we're weeks away from that, and now they're trying to impeach the president, just coming up with this, well, you incited the riot by your speech, which is contrary to everything we believe in. You know, if you're a student and a teacher says something and you go do something stupid, they're not going to take the teacher and put them in jail. Right. They're not going to relieve her of her duty, a preacher, saying politics. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's asinine for me to think people would actually – go down this this road. And so I, I look at it, my, my point is, what do we as Christians do? We do the same thing they did. 
they used all this cultural background and mayhem. Because you think about it, it's one thing to read this as a story, but if you were actually in jail for doing that, and then you magically got out, if that's what you were taking it at, very few people would go. I mean, they would be like, I got a family here. I got, I mean, this was cool, but they locked me up for the. I would never do what they did. <laughs> so to me, if you want to break the rules, you know, do it in declaring Jesus. Because to me, if God is for it, they're not going to be able to stop you. Hmm. I mean, it's not going to be stopped if Jesus is at the center. Which they is were the rejoicing in verse 41, the apostles, because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah. Well, you know what's awesome, Phil? Is you know, it was riding on the the kingdom was riding on the backs of normal fishermen who had turned to Jesus a few years earlier, and the whole kingdom of God was brought forth by these these unschooled, uneducated men. Yeah. Pretty pretty weird. Right. The title of my lesson was Never Stop. Yep. Which was the last verse. They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is your Christ. So that's why I brought that up about our culture. It's because everybody gets bent out of shape on both sides. But I'm like, compared to what we do in declaring Jesus, that's what we don't stop doing. That That is the ultimate weapon of love and purpose that we believe is from God. And if it is the origin of God, they're not going to be able to stop that. They're not no. going to be able to stop us, no. even if we die. Somebody else will, will pick up the banner of declaring Jesus, and that's, I mean, I just think it says that in those three principles. I like it too, Jace, because it's another, you know, the other day we were talking about the thing. Remember that, that verse of the things? Remember we said that's what we need to start doing a T-shirt. Here's another one, the name, the capitalized in the Scripture, the name, mm. the movement. Yep. It was just the name. That's all you need is the name. I mean, Jesus. That's, that's another name that they could call us. The name. The name. That's exactly right. Yep. With the capitalized. So, mm-hmm. to your point a minute ago, I thought, which I thought was good about the your illustration about the capital, um, I heard uh, this past week somewhere. I guess it was on the. I was listening to radio, and Michelle Bachman. Remember her? It used to be oh, yeah. a congresswoman from Minnesota. She hadn't been for a few years, but she's still kind of you know in the political world. Super lady, we've all met her. I don't know if you've met her, Jace, but Dad and I have met her. She's a, she you know was from she Minnesota. Is, we, we've met her before. Anyway, I, I, I she's a, she's a big time believer. Yeah. <clears throat> but she was she was telling the story. She was in the Capitol that day, and it was funny because I was thinking, well, she's not even a congresswoman anymore. But she had gone there. She was in the chaplain's office. She had gone there to pray, and I guess because she's a former congresswoman, I guess mm-hmm. she could you know could get invited, whatever. And so she was in there praying when the thing went down. Crazy. And she was talking about that. She said, because, you know, this was an important day, and I wanted to be covering this in prayer, you know, this decision that was going forward. And so then she gets trapped in there for five hours, you know, until they can get out. But yeah. she was talking about how well, she said, but it, it allowed, she said, you talk about strength in your prayer life. She said, I went there for the right purpose. Then the whole thing started hearing yeah. stuff going on. She said, I got well, intense with my prayer. What, you know? what makes us mad though, and look, I understand. And the reason I made brought all this up is because 
no matter how mad you you're you get over this, you got to remember the big picture and what we're doing in Jesus. That that's that's truly the purpose. This from God. And you say, what What do you mean by making mad? Because now the other side, they're making this look like I, I've heard people compare to what happened on January six to Pearl Harbor to what the Ro, Rwanda genocide, nine oh, yeah. eleven. And when you look at the facts, which is that. Okay, five people died, and they say, you know, armed, trying to attack democracy and these armed people. When you look at the five people that died, all five were Trump supporters, including the, the, police, cop, officer, yeah, yeah, the police officer, who was unfortunately killed with a fire extinguisher. No, they've debunked that now. Well, that didn't whatever, even happen. Whatever, they don't know. They don't know what yeah. killed it. And like two of them died of a heart attack. You know, one of them was. Coming through a window, a, a woman and was shot. shot. She was unarmed, and so when you start looking at that, and you're like, "No, wait a minute here. We've already said that is not the way yeah. to attack. We were that, that was dumb. This, we, we were on the record being against riots yeah. all summer, all year. <laughs> but no, for no you riots. to have story after story that we this what Trump incited his people and they made an attack on no." Whatever it was, you had hundreds of thousands of people, and a few of them went, I would say, most of them unarmed. Yep. And you get this many people jockeying back and forth, and unfortunately, heart attacks happen and mm -hmm. things happen, and it wasn't right. But to characterize this as a narrative from an anti-God viewpoint and anti-conservative, that this was some kind of organized march on democracy compared to Pearl Harbor and, and nations where genocide happened, that's ridiculous. It, it actually makes me angry. Because yeah. I'm like, now you're just trying to turn a narrative in that, that fits your agenda. For political game. And we're going backwards. We're all going backwards. You're, you're trying to impeach someone that's no longer president. Plus, they did the same thing leading up to the election. Exactly. They burned, looted. They were at the White House. They Their rights yes. looked a little more dangerous yep. to me. Well, but you know what? In that, you, you they did the same thing. So let's just take one last break. You, you mentioned that, Dad, and, and I have not heard this brought up any in, in media wise, but you know, 60 Secret Service agents were injured when they went after the White House that one time back yep. in the summer. 60 yep. of them. Yep. I mean, some of them hurt pretty bad. Nobody got killed. But I'm saying, they're like to Jace's point, they're acting like now these Capitol Police, I mean, just, you know, like it was just a, nothing's ever been done like this yeah. ever. I mean, it's just it's but so the, ridiculous. The point is, no matter what the cultural or political backdrop is, what was going on in Acts 5 it's similar. There, we got time. riots. We got people mad. They're throwing people in jail. Yep. And, but there was one thing here that I don't see much now, which is de the declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord. I, I wanted to bring this up because I, I before we before we end because I think it's a there was a word here that's rarely used in the New Testament. I think it's used twice maybe, but in verse. Of chapter 5 in verse uh, 29 where it says, we must obey God rather than man. 
when he says, The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree, which goes to my point that this is what it was all about to declare this. The prison break, the people getting upset, getting that message out. God exalted him to his own right hand, and here's the phrase that's rarely used in the Bible, as prince and savior that he may give repentance and forgiveness sins to Israel. And I thought about why would he use prince there? Because it's in their minds royalty and and who runs the government and who are the more important people. And it's like kind of in all this cultural chaos that he was going through. He's like, you want a prince? I'll give you a prince. It was a carpenter who you killed, but he came back from the dead. That makes him way more valuable and royal then anything you got in it, I think it was just a little jab uh, by referring him a good a, point. A, as a prince in this setting where they just had a jailbreak from one of the prince's angels, by the way, and you told us to stop. We're not stopping. That's right. And then later on you'll see, well, they'll say, well, we'll kill you, and they're like, go ahead. By the way, the king of the kingdom here 2,000 years ago now, 2,000 years later, and all before throughout the Old Testament and anywhere you want to go, the king of the kingdom rules with an iron hand worldwide. Right. He still is the ruler of the heavens and the earth. Well, and it's, it does show you Jesus' humility. We've talked about this a lot because at times he's called the king himself, Yep. But then also, in this case, he's the prince, the son of the king, but he has no issue with all those roles. I mean, he has no issue being human. That's right. He's like, that's why I came here, so that mm-hmm. you would have an exact representation yep. of what was needed in heaven. So I do think it, sh- it, it shows his humility. This was a glimpse of the kingdom of God and who they are and what their message was for all time. Right. You see what I'm saying? Oh, exactly. Never going to change. I, was, I love that text in uh, Philippians 2. Um, verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, to stay where he was, which Mm -hmm. was infinitely better right, for him, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness, becoming a human being, and then being glorified. And then, of course, it says, he found being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross, and here's your thing you just read, Jace. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Yep. So Paul's referring back to that idea about the name yep. you know, in Jesus, which I, is powerful. I just think we miss out on the having God on your side in time. And it goes back to what Gamaliel said when he said, if God, if, this, if the origin is from God, you're not going to stop it. Yeah. You'll just find yourself fighting against God. We have to realize that every, these conversations are going to come up, whether it's woking or counseling or persecution or uncomfortable. To You're going to want to get in this political world and give your takes without getting into Jesus. Right. But when you do that, you missed it. Right. Because then Gamaliel's right. If it's just some, if the origin of this is some kind of political party movement or we feel like we've been wrong. Just or the, one more ideology. Yeah, but, the election was stolen. Or, and, and I wanted to make a point because I wanted to read Hebrews 12 too. 
this is kind of deep, but I'll get your opinions on it. When the Hebrew writer said, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author of our faith. But there's a word in between there because we tend to think, okay, my faith started. I got that. I'm in. But it says the author and perfecter of our faith. And when I looked up that word perfecter, it was the word they used for captain. And you, and you, and you may have trouble making that connection, but it's like not only did he give you faith by what he did on a cross and a resurrection, but it's and perfecter of our faith. It's like the author, which I thought about Prince, and the captain. We're on a ship. He's leading the ship, and we're having these moments, these Jesus encounters as we go through. I think it's legitimate that there's two different words there. One of them is the origin, and the second one seems to be it's the ongoing, the ongoing aspect which, of which, your life. If you think about the, that's the word Paul used. I don't know about the Greek word, but that's the word that's in the in the English at the end of Second Corinthians when he was talking about his thorn in the flesh. And remember, he said Christ's power is made perfect in my weakness. In other words. My inability to do it myself, mm-hmm. I have to rely on him, the perfecter of my faith. So he, exactly. So that that same concept is there. And to validate that, the second part of that verse, Hebrews twelve two says, "Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorn and shame." Well, there's the author. That that's where your faith started, mm-hmm. no doubt about it, right. on a bloody cross, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, which I believe is the perfecter, which is where he's at now. He's representing us in heaven, and we're representing him on earth. That's right. So it's the author and perfect. He's like the it. captain. And of he the will faith. never be destroyed. That's exactly right. So, uh, Jason, my shirt here, Overcomer, First uh, John 5, 4, yours is faith over fear. Our friends at uh, 316tees.com uh, send us these shirts. I love them. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. We're all overcomers. Mm-hmm. Faith over fear. Pretty good shirt, isn't it? It's personalized. Even got your name on it. I see that. See that? So thanks, guys. Uh, you want to check those guys out at 316 T's. 316 as in John 316. Speaking truth, right? Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.